Today's episode of the Finding Light podcast is sponsored by Joe Garrett at Garrett and Robinson Investment, where they deliver the support and financial guidance that you need regardless of what the upcoming days, weeks, or even months might bring. And Dr. Donna Thomas-Moses, who specializes in periodontics, temporomandibular complex, TMJ, and dental implants. At her practice, she strives to make you feel comfortable and relaxed throughout your evaluation and treatment. Visit sarahclaudia.com for more information about our wonderful sponsors. Welcome, everybody, to the Finding Light podcast, where we talk about finding light and happiness despite the dark circumstances we may be facing. I'm your host, Sarah Claudia Tillman. Join, as always, by Erica Rivers, hey, my hey. lovely co-host and friend and confidant Aww. and companion. How many ways can I describe Erica? Oh, it goes on and on and on. It does. It really does. Oh my goodness. But as always, we're going to start off by talking about the best things that happened to us this week. And this week, for me, it's a little different. I usually talk about hiking or what I've eaten that was really yummy <laughs> or Something that's kind of, you know, blah, but this week... <laughs> Those aren't blah. They're, they're more blah. They're more blah than the best things this week. It's health and wellness. Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> this week, though, I was so excited. I got to see all three of my blind friends Aww. that I've made since losing my sight five years ago. I really found this community, and we always say it's a club that I would never join voluntarily, but I'm glad I found the community I have. So I got to hang out with my friend Taylor and her little son, Wesley. And then I got to hang out with Krista. And today our podcast guest is my friend Cam. So I'm getting to <laughs> hang out with him as well. <laughs> yep, there he is. <laughs> so it's been a lot of fun. So Erica, you want to give us your best thing? Try to top that. Uh, okay. Well, you I got to come with you you know, to all three of those little meetings. True, true. That was real fun. You know, got to hold baby Wesley, meet Krista, and now Cam. But another best thing was that last night, me and my husband hosted our first dinner party. How many people are at this party? (laughs) Me, him, and my friend. (laughs) So three. (laughs) But we made a real big thing. We set the Um, table, had dinner out, and I mean, it was fancy. We even took out the best china glasses instead of like the typical wow. you know like pineapple willies plastic cups <laughs> wow well that's fun yes, yes growing up yes hosting dinner parties with yeah. three people yeah including me and him one person well it's good it's always good like we say to surround ourselves with community mm-hmm. and friends yes so today we have a bible verse but it's actually not one that we picked it's one that our guest cam picked he says this is a favorite favorite verse. <laughs> I can't talk today, y'all. But it comes from Isaiah 40, 31. It says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I love that verse because mm-hmm. there's so many times when we're weary. Mm-hmm. And especially not being able to see. I don't mean to trump everybody's <laughs> weariness, but... It gets tiring. It gets physically and mentally just exhausting. So just knowing we can find strength in the Lord and he'll renew that in us is very comforting. 
keeps you moving along. Mm-hmm. And we're going to hear more about this verse from KM later on. Definitely. <laughs> but without further ado, we'll formally introduce our guest, Cameron Stovall, who is an Auburn graduate, and we won't hold that against him Ugh. too much. <laughs> no, we won't. He's an Auburn graduate, grew up in a small town in Alabama, and like myself, Cam faced an unimaginable tragedy when he suddenly lost his sight in 2014. But today, he's going to share with us how he's been able to turn that tragedy into triumph and turn his fear into faith. So welcome, Cam. Mm-hmm. Welcome. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> Good to be here. You just welcomed yourself. Yeah. You welcomed yourself to your own, welcome your own home. Welcome Welcome me. Welcome uh, yes. everybody. <laughs> yeah. We're in his beautiful home. <laughs> yeah. We're excited to be here. We're excited to hear from you. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to be with y'all for yeah. sure. Well, thank you for being here, but we wanted to start out by hearing a little bit about your background. So can you tell us like where you're from yeah. and just generally like what your yeah. life was like before your accident? Okay. Yeah. I graduated from uh, a high school here in Gadsden, Glencoe High School, and I graduated in 2006. Um, but before that, I, I mean, I grew up in church because um, I feel like that's probably where this is going to go. I grew yeah. up in church. My grandfather was uh, a Baptist minister for 60 something years. And awesome. so pretty much if the doors were open of the church, I was going whether I wanted to or not, you know, <laughs> and uh, which I view as a blessing now. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I heard the gospel at an early age and understood as much of the gospel as I could at the age of eight and um, asked Jesus to come into my life then. And at that time, uh, my spiritual immaturity, I just thought that walking down the aisle and praying this prayer mm-hmm. that life was going to be easy. And for the most part, it really was until, you know, I became a junior in high school and uh, I was 17 and that was my first uh, really experience with death. I had an older cousin that that died um, pretty traumatic and um, he was 24 at the time. It was real unexpected and really being immature and spiritually immature at the time, that really just rocked me. And, uh, you know, I. I was in school. I played um, baseball, basketball, and football. So really, my life just revolved around that. And God was always there, but He wasn't really always at the forefront of my life. You know, really sportswear. That that's what I did my whole life. You know, and um, so when that happened, it it rocked me for a while. And so that was the first traumatic experience of death close to me. And I'm an only child, so He was kind of a lot like my brother. And uh, when He passed away. I had one year left in high school, finished that up in 2006, played, uh, tried to play some baseball at a junior college here, transferred to Auburn. I actually transferred to Auburn and became an accounting major. And I tell this, this is kind of funny. I uh, remember after the first class day, I was sitting in accounting, I think it was accounting one or something. (laughs) And, uh, the uh, teacher, there's like 300 people in the class, you know, and I didn't know anybody. And the teacher's up there, like, writing on the board, talking about some problem and, you know, like, writing this um, net worth stuff and all this stuff. And I was like, what is going on, you know? So I turned to the guy that was sitting next to me and I said, hey, man, uh, is there like a prerequisite for this class or something? He, he literally was like, no, no, this is, this is the first one that, you know, so, but, um, 
I realized that day, I actually called my dad when I got out of class that day. I said, I think I'm in over my head, you know, like, I don't know what, I don't know what this Aww. is about. Oh, um, but I finished that semester in accounting, transferred out of accounting to uh, the wildlife and forestry school at Auburn still. Nice. And uh, my parents were actually renting a house from a guy who had a forestry business. And uh, I decided to hang out with him one day and found out what the forestry business was about. And, and that's what I, my major became at Auburn. And, you know, I really loved that, that school. I mean, people, when I say that I was a forester, they think that I had a green suit on and went to the woods, you know. And, but really um, what I did, my job was a procurement forester. That was my label. And so, like, if you own – 100 acres of timber I would come out there and tell you what it was worth oh, okay. and then after I told you what it was worth the loggers that worked for us would cut it and haul it to the mills and then make toilet paper and furniture mm -hmm. and stuff like that gotcha. so I graduated in 2012 from Auburn and um, graduated on a Sunday and started work full-time on a Monday wow. for a timber company in Cherokee County it was just me and my boss pretty much they were mostly timber and um and that was my title, a procurement forester, and I love my job. It gave me a lot of free time to, to do a lot of other things, too. You know, I could work as much as I wanted to or as little as I wanted to, and um, what I made pretty much depended on myself, and, you know, I like to be in control of that like <laughs> everybody awesome. else does. Yeah. So, anyways, that's the gist of my story up until the accident, and um, the accident happened April 22nd of 2014, so I had been working for about two years. So you were in pretty much your dream job yeah. just for two years. And then tell us about that day. Take us back to. Um, it was, uh, like I said, you know, I had a lot of free time to do pretty much what I wanted to, if, if I wanted to. And, and another passion of mine was hunting. And I love to hunt. I love to just be out outside and just see, you know, the world that God created come alive, you, do, mm -hmm. you know, animals and the, just the nature of the birds. And of course, yeah. now I realize, man, I, I did not appreciate that like I did. Mm -hmm. I should have. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I love doing that. So it was hunting season. It was actually turkey season. And, uh, and it was like a rain. I remember waking up that morning. It was rainy and foggy. And we just decided to go just to be out there. And Long story short, I went to um, a farm out in Hoax Bluff, close to where I live, and not actually we're in Hoax Bluff right now, um, but it's it's probably a couple of miles down the road, and uh, it was about a 600 acre farm. It was my um, buddy's grandfather, so it was me and one of my friends and uh, my two cousins, and me and my friend went to one side of the farm. My two cousins went to the other side of the farm. Ended up hunting different turkeys and the guy that i was with the turkey that we were hunting got out of there he was too smart for us to hunt <laughs> i think so anyways it got out of there and so we were walking back to the truck and ended up passing the truck onto the other side of the farm where my cousins were and i knew exactly where they were um we were standing in the wide open we were just talking you know like we are and um we ended up hunting the same turkey that my cousins were hunting and um, through some miscommunication misunderstanding the turkey that we were hunting uh, and my cousins were hunting got out of there and i became the turkey oh, no. and my cousin um pulled the trigger of, of a shotgun and you know and he was sure that there was a turkey there and and there probably was at some mm -hmm. time and 
you know and i we don't really understand exactly what happened i mean we have been hunting together for 20 years and you know we were always safe and everything but i view it now as just something that god allowed to happen we both do and something that god allowed to happen to change our outlook on life and our perspective on stuff and sounds crazy but you know the shotgun went off i'll tell you a little bit about that the shotgun went off and i was immediately blind Mm. and uh, i wasn't but about 15 to 20 yards away and uh the particular shell that I was shot with goes 1,350 feet per second out of the end of the barrel. And there was 300 different little pellets Mm -hmm. in the shotgun shell. So they like spread out. Two of them hit me directly in my eyes and then one of them punctured my right lung and then a bunch of my shoulders and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it was just a miracle that that God allowed me to live, you know? And if you were to see a watermelon shot with that particular shell it it would just explode you know you would just be like no no way god you know but i it sounds ridiculous but i view it as a blessing now you know just because i've been able to encourage people which i'm not worthy of on Mm -hmm. a daily basis you know and just through this accident and i I would have never been able to do that before but i you know i'm sure sarah claudia you Mm -hmm. understand this you just start to appreciate things that you didn't before you know you understand that you wake up on a daily basis and go to the bathroom by yourself Mm -hmm. and it's like I didn't even think about that before, yeah. you know, and now it's like, where is the bathroom? Or, you know, yeah, like, exactly. it's a struggle to do stuff. It's yeah. just a challenge. And you start appreciating that more and more and more, you know, and I would have never been able to do that if it wasn't yeah. for this accident. But they got me out of the woods, took me to UAB, took me to Gaston Regional. Couldn't do anything there for me. We're going to uh, take the helicopter off and fly me to Birmingham, but it was raining. So they had to drive me. That's a whole nother long story. But um, got to UAB. They uh, started the chest tube uh, to inflate my lung, and I get I remember all this. I mean, mm-hmm. which is another miracle. I, I think that God allowed me to stay conscious through all this, yeah. so that yeah. I could tell the story. You yeah. know, and wow, that's just, always um, fascinating to me yeah. when people remember it because I don't right. remember any of mine. Yeah. So I always like to pick people's brain and right. think, okay, <laughs> when you mm-hmm. realize that all your sight yeah was gone, like yeah. what did you think? What was yeah. your yeah. What was your that, thought? That's what's crazy is um, when when the shotgun went off Mm -hmm. you know i've been around hunting my whole life it was louder than i could ever imagine and Mm -hmm. i was immediately blind and the next thing i remember was thinking i can't see a thing you Mm -hmm. know like what what's going on and my cut after the chaos quit happening my cousin uh, led me to this fence post of course uh, you can imagine this Mm. after the chaos of it when you tell somebody you can't see anything Mm -hmm. you know and i'm sure you've been around people for a year or two mm-hmm. and they you still tell them you can't see anything and they forget oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah. oh yeah so i mean i i bet i told him 10 times i can't <laughs> see anything you know i was tripping over everything and fall, yeah. I fell into some barbed wire and you know oh, just and then he finally realized oh wait he can't see anything <laughs> you know yeah so um he led me to this fence post and i remember sitting by that fence post and that's really where my life started changing you know, my friend Zach and, and my cousin Seth went to go get the car and me and my cousin Mike were sitting by that fence post and, mm-hmm. and he was on the phone with nine one one. He actually didn't know the address of the of the um farm we were at, so he had to call somebody else and hang up on nine one. You know, it was just crazy. <laughs> oh, but goodness. I remember sitting by that fence post a hundred percent sure any second I was about to die. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not only I couldn't I couldn't see Mm-hmm. And I couldn't understand that really yeah. fully. I just knew I couldn't see. 
and I thought I'm dying right now. This is this is it. And you know, wow. my throat had swollen up and I remember asking Micah, I said, Micah, you you think I'm gonna die? And mm. he said, I don't know, buddy and he was on the phone, he was praying out loud and mm. and uh he said, I don't know, buddy and I said, Well I need to call my parents and I remember my phone like hitting my leg and thank God I couldn't see to call him because yeah. I don't I don't yeah. know what I would have said to him but you know the initial shock of that and remembering it all now is like wow you know that's crazy that I actually got to experience that and feel every emotion after that mm, and yeah. being 100% sure that I was dying you know and, yeah. and I tell people a lot of times you know when you talk about death you pretty much die you know <laughs> like yeah. not that when you talk about it you yeah. die but when when you talk when you talk about experiencing death mm -hmm. you don't get to talk about it after that you know yeah, the emotions yeah. of what it felt like yeah. or what what how close you were yeah. or, you know and I remember just being 100% sure that you know that was it that was my last breath and yeah. then I'd have another one and then I'd be wow. like well that was it that was my last one and but what's crazy is the emotion of it I tell people this a lot I was scared you know I didn't want to die mm -hmm. but I had this piece of like mm -hmm. well my last breath here on earth is about to be my first breath in heaven Aww. and it wasn't like you know that was fully on my mind at the time yeah. but i knew that i was safe you know and wow. that's that goes back to the decision that i made when i was eight but i i know i'm sure you have a bunch of stories but i just have been blessed with so many people around me mm -hmm. and you know and I, one of the best doctors in the world Robert Morris, who's not just a doctor, you know, I tell people if he wouldn't have given me any vision back, he would still be one of my favorite people in the world. He's just an incredible dude. Yeah. So how I'm, many surgeries did you end up he, having? Uh, he's done 20 to date on wow. me. And I've had um, stuff from like cornea transplants mm -hmm. to, which is something that I advocate for now mm -hmm. is, yeah. is eye donor um, awareness stuff. And, yeah. and that's yeah. pretty much, or just organ donor in general, mm -hmm. but yeah. it's pretty much just an, a question that they ask you when you go get your driver's license do you want to be yeah. an organ donor you know and check the box yeah and you don't realize how much that helps people you know and even in sarah claudia's case the research mm -hmm. that they yeah. do they have to have yeah you know donor organs to mm -hmm. do research on and yeah and the more donor organs there are then the more research that they get to do and you know and it's just a matter of time before they figure something out that is just exactly. and what's crazy is dr morris told me he told me that we reached the moon five years before we reached the back of the eye so wow. we sent somebody to the moon five wow. years before they mm. could get to the back of the eye that's crazy isn't that crazy oh wow goodness. you know and and so it's just on the cutting edge yeah. of you know wow. what they'll be able to do in the future but yeah. anyways you know i and i view it blessed a blessing that i got to meet him in mm -hmm. general you know yeah. just as a person so definitely i i see god like through throughout your whole story first of all when you said that you know god allowed this to happen to mm -hmm. you and i think that's a big thing for people to hear because a lot of times they say why did god make this happen <clears throat> right mm -hmm. and i think it's a better way to think obviously god has the power to do as he wishes and mm -hmm. stop what he wishes from mm -hmm. happening and we all wish sometimes he would sure. 
put his hand on the situation and stop it. But when he allows things to happen, right? Yeah. there's so many blessings yeah. that can come out of it. For sure. You know, one of my, um, when you asked me what my favorite scripture verse was, it mm-hmm. is actually, I couldn't just say this, but it's actually Acts <laughs> chapter nine, verse 16. Oh. God speaking to a man named Ananias and, and Saul mm-hmm. has, um, he's traveling down this road and he sees this blinding light. I'm sure y'all know mm-hmm. the story. Yes. And he, he, some guys get Saul up and lead him to the end of this mm-hmm. road called straight to this house. And he's there praying and God is speaking to a man named Ananias. And he says, Ananias, I want you to go to this house and encourage this man named Saul. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, um, Ananias says, well, wait a second. I know who Saul mm-hmm. is, you know, he persecutes and murders Christians. You know, why do you yeah. want me to go encourage him? And God's response to him. In Acts chapter nine, uh, Acts chapter nine, verse sixteen, he says, "For he's a chosen instrument of mine. He'll share the gospel throughout the world. I will show him how much he must suffer for the glory of my name." Wow, you're well, when preaching. You, when you hear that, <laughs> yeah. it's like, man, that's kind of brutal for the Lord to say that. You know, yeah. like I will show him how much he must suffer for the glory of my name. Yes. But it's not because he's mad at him. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's because he loves him. You know, yeah, he yeah. loves us so much sometimes to allow us to go through stuff to grow yeah and and have a story to share and you don't have to have some amazing story you know like we do that's just the gospel as it is you know god loves us so much that he allows us to go through things and if you can ever Mm -hmm. get to that point to go man that suffering was such a blessing Mm -hmm. even in um, amongst the suffering you know exactly so it it gives your your pain that purpose for sure and like you said it doesn't have to be some big dramatic thing that Mm -hmm. happened for me like obviously I found a purpose for my pain but I try to think about that more than just my blindness the everyday little frustrations I go through and Mm -hmm. to just meeting you has got me through a lot of stuff you know I mean just seeing your story for real same to you So speaking of SC, I've spent a lot of time with her, seeing some of the struggles she's gone through with her blindness. So what are some struggles that you would say you went through in the first few months and even still struggle with today? Really just the independence of it. You know, Mm -hmm. um, you just go from, uh, that's my dog walking around (laughs) here. Lily. Yeah, Lily. But just the independence of being able to... um, Sarah Claudia asked me not long ago what one of my major major Mm -hmm. struggle was, and it's being able to drive, you know, Mm -hmm. just the convenience of getting in your car and going Mm -hmm. to the grocery store when you need salt or, you know, or or flour or something that you don't have that you need to cook something with, you know, you can't just go, okay, well, I'm going to go get in the truck and ride three miles down the road. Mm -hmm. So it's taken um, for granted. Yeah. And, and I, you know, and, and that's another thing that I took for mm-hmm. granted, but you know, and it's, it's not a huge problem now, but I think one of the major things that bothers me is asking mm-hmm. for a ride yeah. or asking for yeah. somebody to do something mm-hmm. for me, you know, because I've always been so independent, especially trying to be as a male, that's like yeah. an yeah. ego thing, you that's know, thing. I mean, it is, it's like, well, I don't want to ask somebody to take yeah. me anywhere, yeah. you know, I just want to walk or yeah, it makes you feel weak. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Especially but, when it's your, pa- I mean, it's a blessing. Both of us have wonderful <clears throat> parents who would right. do anything for, for us, sure, absolutely. but you know, having to ask your mom when you're yeah. a grown man, Hey, right. can you take me? Yeah. Now I'm 32 years old. I'm like, oh. well, I'm just going to get on my bicycle and sit and take <laughs> the chances of it. You know? Yeah. There was that one day. I mean, it, it's walked. not against my mom. It's just the <laughs> yeah. fact of like, I just don't want to ask my mom, yeah. you know? Where did you walk recently? It was a few months ago. Oh, you gosh. said you walked like yeah. somewhere to eat. You walked in there by yourself. Uh, I don't even want to tell the story because I'm 
if my mom or dad's listening, it'll just they won't sleep tonight. But oh, yeah, it, I walked from uh, I was hungry and <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't go to the grocery store, and I had literally like this might have been a couple. It was about a month ago, I guess. And I hadn't went to the. I live by myself now, and I hadn't went to the grocery store in a while. And I had pretty much eaten everything in my house. You know, I literally couldn't find anything to make a meal out of. So I was like, "Well, I'm gonna walk to Jack's." You know, which is not no. a, a big problem for me now because I can see well enough. The Lord's blessed me to see well enough to kind of do everything but drive. You know. Yeah. So the thought really kind of crossed my mind. Well, my truck is no, at no. my parents. No, no, but, no. <laughs> no, no. I would never do no. that. <laughs> no, I would never do that because I know it risks other people's lives more yeah. than it does mine. It's illegal. Yeah, jail right. Time, and, well, you know, you know, goes to jail. And that is kind of funny, though. Still, I have an ID, uh, a real ID that is like actually legally for oh. me to, which I haven't had it like a new one made yeah. since the accident, you know, yeah, which I probably no. should. But it's just that yeah. thing to hold on to, like, oh, I can still drive if I really yeah. you know. <laughs> But I walked down to Jack's to get me something to eat, which is not very far from here. But I walked in, <laughs> and that wasn't a problem getting there. Yeah. Well, the problem long, is... How far is that there? It's probably... Oh, man, it's probably a quarter mile, maybe, at, okay, the, at okay. the most. It's Let's really not that far. And okay. it's on really safe roads. But <laughs> So I got to Jack's, and, and you'll think this is funny, Sarah Claudia. <laughs> so I got there. I was like, all right, I knew I could make it. You know, it wasn't a big deal. So I made it there, and I was like, kind of sweaty, and... <laughs> And uh, had not prepared to like take water with me, which is now in my mind. <laughs> and so, um, so I uh, walk in and I reach in my pocket to get my wallet out, and I carry cash most of the time because that's just the easier thing to do. I can't run my debit card, you know, and mm-hmm. like put the numbers in and stuff. It's just <laughs> awkward. Yeah. For everybody involved. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. really me, but more everybody else because yeah. they're like, this man just walked in here. Why is he looking so closely at that thing? You know? <laughs> yeah, so, they can't tell. Yeah, right. So so I ran the debit card and I just sat there and looked at him and he was like, Can you can you put your pen? I need your pen. I was like, um <laughs> <laughs> this is awkward. Well so I just you know, I kinda of felt around on the number oh. thing and figured out where the the numbers were and hit the two the four numbers and then hit enter and i was like did it go through and he was like yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> was like, oh, yeah, yeah i knew that yeah <laughs> you know just luck oh, but goodness. yeah i've had uh, some funny stuff happen like oh, that uh, they probably thought you didn't have any money on your car yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i'm sure they were like this guy what is he doing what a you know? bum he yeah. walked here <laughs> right oh, gosh. Yeah, for that's sure. one thing is my favorite thing about you is like I know whenever I'm having a hard day I can call you up and you'll tell me some kind of hilarious story that'll make me laugh so tell us another one I know when I got here I asked if you would tell the story yeah. when you sat on the person at the gym right. but then you said you had a funnier story I think it, I think this was funny so we're ready I mean I did sit, sit on the lady's lap at the gym because I don't see anything out of my right side so Aww. I pretty much was I didn't see anything out of my left side for a long time. I was pretty much just like, you know. And so when I started getting a little bit, and I'm talking just a tiny bit of vision back, like I could just see light. I thought, I can do anything, you know. (laughs) So I just decided I wanted to go to the gym. And 
so my dad would like drive me to the gym which he i'm pretty sure he probably sat in the parking lot and like watched me but Aww. i was i was so like determined that mm-hmm. i was gonna do it by myself mm-hmm. you know which yeah. i probably shouldn't have That's and funny. i had a cane at the time too and i had no idea how to use that cane <laughs> you know they just gave me this cane and <laughs> And I don't even think it was like a legal, like distant cane, you know, like you're supposed to have. Yeah, and so I pretty much, yeah, I pretty much just walked with it behind me just in case I ran into somebody, you know, so mm-hmm. they'd know what was wrong. <laughs> and uh, so for some reason, you know, and when you're in a crowded gym, I was afraid I was going to set that cane down. I wasn't going to be able to find it oh, again. Yeah. So I just left the cane in the little dressing room thing. So I go out to this, <laughs> like, uh, this lap pull down machine and it had like different attachments to it and it had a bench under it and i looked up to make sure the right attachment was on there and i was like yeah okay and the bench was on my right and that was the right attachment so i like slid into the bench and sat down <laughs> and when i sat down i felt these ladies legs right on my butt and I, and I mean i stood up as fast as i could you know and turned around i had no idea she was there and uh said oh my gosh i'm so sorry you know and she didn't see you there and she looked up at me like what and she said sir do you need this machine? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> no, I was actually leaving, you know. But a couple of weeks after that, I was walking out of the gym. It was a Sunday morning, and I was trying to get to a prayer group at, at my church. And again, I left my cane in the <laughs> in the dressing room. And uh, so I, like, grabbed my bag, and I actually left my cane at the gym then. And uh, most everybody at this time knew who I was at the gym, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and especially the workers that worked there. And, and so I like grabbed my backpack and I called dad to, you know, be waiting on me. And so I'm walking past the front desk and you have to like walk past the front desk, like literally almost scrub the front desk to go out the front door. And I was about to go out the front door and I heard this girl say, Hey, I brought you a donut. <laughs> And I was like, well, that, what? So I like stopped and turned around and looked at the front desk and she wasn't, you know, a foot away from me. And uh, I didn't recognize her or recognize her voice. And I was like, well, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know her, but I didn't want to be rude. And the donut was literally, I looked down on the counter, which the, donut, the, the counter was like an inch away from me, yeah. you know. And the donut was sitting there on the counter. And it was like the Lord just shined this light on this donut, you know. And I could see it so clearly, and I'm like, oh, that, that's my donut, you know. I don't want to be rude about it. So I, so, so I picked the donut up and had a napkin wrapped around it, and I picked the donut up and took a bite out of it. And I said, thank you. And I, like, turned around. And when I turned around, I'd have the donut in my mouth. I turned around and realized that she was talking to the guy that was behind me. No. who i'm 90 percent sure was her boyfriend you know so i had half the donut in my mouth and i looked at him looked at her and i was like well what i do now you know so i was like thanks and turned around and walked out you know and i i like scampered down the stairs i don't think i hit any of the stairs i just you know like ran down the stairs pretty much got in the car with my dad dad's like where'd you get that donut i was like no don't we just gotta get out of here you know just go but i'm sure they were probably standing there having some kind of argument about who was that guy guy? why did he eat my donut who does he think he is what are you doing about that you know that happens to me all the time well i don't take people's food but i think people are talking i've just learned not to i don't respond unless i know for sure they're talking to me because 
that's happened to me so many times. Which is hard to know if somebody's <laughs> talking to you it if is. you can't see them. You just, know, yeah. I and mean, just close your eyes right now and have a conversation with somebody. You can't even tell if they're mm-hmm. like looking mm-hmm. at you mm-hmm. no, or no. what they're doing. You know, it causes some real awkward moments. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, hey, is that a blind blonde moment? Oh my god, yeah, I have so right. many blonde blind <laughs> moments. I don't know, Cam, if you have listened to any of the podcasts, but right. there's one where yeah. I talk about. I started playing with the tree in my yard. Yeah. Was my dog. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, you told I, I heard that so, one for sure. It happens, <laughs> but that's a big thing. You got to learn to laugh about it. Yes. Yeah, you know the stuff that happened, and you know I feel like that's really kept me going. Is mm-hmm. I learned to laugh at myself. I can't tell you throughout the day I'll run into something and just stop, <laughs> and I'll be I'll still be by myself, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> kind of funny. I know that's there. I don't know. Why I run it. I run into it every day. You know. <laughs> I probably should either move it or quit running into it. That's that's a good lesson for everybody, Mm -hmm. though. Just learning to laugh at yourself and not take yourself so seriously. And you're a lot like me in that you are very determined to start doing things on your own, even though you might not have been ready. It might not have been the safest. (laughs) But I know you've done so many things that you mentioned on social media and on your website, golfing, and you Mm -hmm. built your house. And didn't you throw the first pitch at a baseball game? Yeah, I threw the first pitch at a Barry's game. Yeah, actually, my doctor lined that up. His, uh, the guy who caught the pitch, that's what it was for. Mm -hmm. He was graduating from his residency. Yeah. and uh they asked me to throw it and of course you know i played ball so i didn't think it was a big deal and i walk out there and the lighting was like terrible in there <laughs> you know so it was like really bright mm-hmm. and and most people think that you know like the brighter the better it is mm-hmm. for me and sometimes it, it is and but um so <laughs> i'm standing on the mound and i look over to see him catching it and i can't see him at all so i'm like lord please just let me make it there because you see all these videos of the presidents you know throwing the first pitch out and they'll like roll it up there you know and it's just embarrassing so i'm like just let me throw it in the general vicinity of him you know but yeah i've i've been able to do all kinds of things and you know and i've killed a deer with a crossbow I can play golf and, you know, I worked on this house that we're in, mm-hmm. did a lot, me and my dad did a lot of it ourselves, which was cool. And, you know, and I, um, I can drive my boat. Um, I don't know some, if I would ride sometimes. with you. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I can, but, uh, um, I've been able to do all kinds of things. And I, I tell people, you know, I, I've been able to do those things, not bragging on myself, but bragging on what God done. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. and what he can do just if you just allow him to take over in your life. And it's not just the the things that you do. It's more about the effort that yeah. you put into it and allow God to work through that, you know, exactly. and that that's really what keeps me going. Yeah. You know? And making the most out of mm-hmm. what's kind of a horrible situation. Sure. Because, yeah. I mean, you have two choices. You can either make the most out of it and yeah. try to do these things and, you know, have a lot of fun trying and mm-hmm. laughing at yourself or just sit and do nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel for people that, you know, allow it to defeat them mm-hmm. because it's easier to do that. It it's easier just to give up. And yeah. I mean, you know, for a fact that it's easier to not have to do, try mm-hmm. things. And, and that's how I've always learned is, yeah. is trying stuff, which, you know, I've done some, tried some things <laughs> where I'm like, man, that was a fail. I hope yeah. nobody ever knows about yeah. that, you know, Same. but I mean, that's just part of it you know and and that's really something that I hope people strive Mm -hmm. to do is just to 
just keep moving forward, yeah. you know. And, I mean, you would probably say the same thing. I'm nobody special, you know, and um, I just have a God who's allowed me to have an attitude, and it's mm-hmm. not my attitude. It, no. it really comes from the Lord and my faith, and that's why that's important. But, you know, he's just allowed me to have that attitude mm-hmm. and move forward, and I hope people just strive to do that because if I can do it, mm-hmm. then you, then most people, all people can. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm not something special. I'm just yeah. some normal 32 year old guy now but you know it's it's like what you said before about like you grew up a christian but god Mm -hmm. wasn't at the forefront i Mm -hmm. mean god's always there but it's choosing to put him first and it's choosing to accept that outlook that he's given us because he's both allowed you and I to have a positive outlook but it's Mm -hmm. still something and you would say the same you have to choose every day for sure absolutely yep and it makes it easier if he's at the forefront of your life too, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. And that's why faith is so important to me. You know, yeah. that's why the Lord is so important to me. So, so awesome. real quick, cause I know our listeners are probably curious cause you keep talking about how, you know, you can see some and certain lighting. So mm-hmm. explain right. the vision that you have. Um, yeah. So, uh, I, of course I don't see anything out of my right side. I have a prosthetic there and I actually could see a little bit out of both eyes initially when I started seeing. So I didn't see anything for about six weeks and Dr. Morris did a bunch of surgeries and was telling me there might be a chance for me to get a little bit of vision back. And of course that's all I thought about. And, and so, um, he got me some vision back after about six weeks of of surgeries. And, um, I could see a little bit out of my right side, but most of my vision was in my left side and, and it was just light perception pretty much at that time. And I could, somewhat see a little bit of shapes and but my dominant side was my right side and so it was taken away from from the vision that I had in my left side so Dr. Morris took my right eye out and I have a prosthetic there now so I don't see anything out of that but um, I just had a cornea transplant it's my second cornea transplant uh, Dr. Kristen Baines did that and she's one of the best in the world mm-hmm. right in UAB that's a whole nother story you know 45 <laughs> minutes from my from my home yeah. is some of the best doctors in the in the world but wow. she um did a cornea surgery uh, about um i guess about a year and a half ago and uh it cleared everything up a little bit in my left eye which is what i see with but my vision is it's really hard to explain it's like um it's like when you wake up in the morning and you like have slept really hard and everything's a little blurry say Mm -hmm. you were to wake up and just rub your eye really hard like just your left eye and then kind of squint um that's what i pretty much see all the time yeah um which is i've gotten able to been able to do all kinds of things with that vision because it's just the life that i live now you know and i allow myself to not think about how well i can see that day or Mm -hmm. if i can see that day or what i can see that day i'm sure you can touch on that you Mm -hmm. know if you if you sit there and dwell on well am i can i see like wait can i you know like what crazy yeah for sure you just get up and start living you know and then halfway when i you know step in a stump hole that's three foot deep then I'm like oh I really can't see today you know or you know but um yeah I mean I I've been blessed to have the vision I have for sure and you know and and just a little bit is is any uh, they call it 10 percent and it's hard hard to put a number on it but Mm -hmm. you know 10 percent of 100 percent is a ton to me yeah for sure it's a lot more than I yeah absolutely I mean (laughs) you know that for sure it's amazing and it's because of organ donation yeah organ donation that's right yep and uh you know that that's just a huge 
huge I'm a huge yeah. advocate for that you know Absolutely. and you don't need those organs when you're gone anyways you know and exactly what are you gonna do with them yeah right. that's right Maybe. yeah <laughs> well we've talked about this a little bit already and I think I know the answer but what really motivated you because I'm mm-hmm. sure when you you know were laying in that hospital bed and all the surgeries I know that had to have taken a toll so what made right. it motivated you to keep choosing that positive outlook i mean there's a few things of course my faith you know that i touched on earlier and um just the lord blessing me to be alive Mm -hmm. and um and then i had all these people that were saying that they were encouraged by me you know which Mm -hmm, just blew my mind i'm like well i'm not doing anything i'm just living and and then i realized you know well, people kind of maybe need to hear my story and, Mm -hmm. and not just even my story but why I have a story like this is is not for me, you know, what what I believe in. And, and that kept me going for a little bit. And then I met with Dr. Morris one day and he was telling me about two guys that had uh, surgery a lot like I did. And that he actually got them back some vision and more vision. One of them could actually drive, but it was just yeah. too much for them and it defeated them. Mm-hmm. And, and that really just struck me, you know, I was like, man, I can't. I can't imagine not having my faith or my family or yeah. my friends to to lean on and people don't have that yeah, so yeah. you know that pushed me every day to try new stuff you know I actually I think that weekend which I had to call and ask for his permission but I had just had eye surgery and I think I went uh, knee boarding behind the boat <laughs> of course I had to wear these huge goggles and you know but um and I probably shouldn't have been doing that, but you know, it, it's just those stories like that, that really push me to, to strive to, you know, show yeah. people that I can still do things, you yeah. know, and, and I tell people all the time, I figured out how to do everything, but drive, you know, if you see me driving, you should probably get off the road yeah. sure. but, <laughs> no. or call somebody to pick me up. But. Unless yeah. you're on the water though. <laughs> right. I can drive on the water. Yeah. <laughs> but I always have somebody with me too. Oh. So. But oh, yeah, I mean that—that's what really keeps me motivated. Mm-hmm. And of course, my faith. But yeah, just just seeing that I'm able to encourage people on a daily basis, and I'm not doing anything but just living, you know. And yeah, and I know just like I have had the opportunity to do, and like I enjoy so much. You like sharing your story, and mm-hmm. you've gotten to speak yeah. a good bit. So, what are some of the opportunities you've had speaking wise? Yeah, I've been able to um, share everything from nursing homes to schools to college universities to churches to in my house with a group of 10 people, small group stuff. And, you know, it's just been so cool to me. I've been traveling around to Mississippi and um, different states to just really just share what the Lord has done in my life. And it hasn't been you know it hasn't been something that I ever thought I would enjoy doing mm-hmm. before yeah, but same. now you know and and I don't necessarily and still enjoy it mm-hmm. I just love being able to share a story a normal story of what yeah. God's done in my life and somebody respond to it because that's what the gospel is is it's yeah, just a normal story of what God did and yeah. what an extravagant story obviously yeah. but you know um that's just what it is it's, it's just 
incredible to be able to do that and you know so yeah Yeah. that's been cool too yeah and i love you saying how sharing what god did not you know what i Mm -hmm. went through or what what i did but giving all the glory to god and i think that's that's Mm -hmm. what it's about when you face something like this being Mm -hmm. able to encourage people not from your actions but how god's worked through that tragedy or that hard situation that's right yeah i always Mm -hmm. try to tell people you know when i get the opportunity to share that i haven't I don't have anything figured out really. And I'm mm-hmm. not up here. I'm really up here preaching to myself more than I am preaching to y'all. Yeah, and hopefully yeah. y'all will get something out of it. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. But yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. Cause even I just listening to you mm-hmm. right now, I've gotten so much out of it. Oh, well, thank you it. for having me for sure. <laughs> so should we talk about our pieces of light? Yes. So here on the finding light podcast, we talk about pieces of light. So those are just basically positives that come out of a negative situation, so to speak. So do you have any positives that you've experienced through your whole entire situation? I know we've talked about that a lot, but maybe like solid two to three pieces. Yeah. um, You know, getting to share with people and encourage people is just huge to Mm -hmm. me, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, really, you know, I started realizing how important my faith was and that scripture verse that I that you read earlier mm-hmm. it talks about you know when you find hope and trust in the lord then you'll be able to soar on wings like eagles mm-hmm. you won't walk and grow weary and you'll run and won't grow faint yes. and when you hear that you think man all you have to do is allow your hope and trust to come from the lord and then no death not mm-hmm. any tragedy mm-hmm. not any blindness not any sickness not even this COVID 19 yeah. stuff <laughs> you know can take anything away from mm-hmm. you it's just the hope that you have in the lord yeah. and even when even if it is death then your miracles promise when you get to heaven too yeah and Amen. and that's what just preaches to me and and you know being able to really understand that mm-hmm. now you know through all this accident you know and that's mm-hmm. always been one of my favorite verses but it means more to me now is just how important that hope is to come from the lord and that's where it needs to come from and mm-hmm. then nothing else can defeat you you know wow. thank you that was great <laughs> i love that it, it reminds me of paul in philippians when he um he talks about he doesn't know which would be better if he lived or died. Right. And I think Absolutely. that's such a big statement. I've never, mm-hmm. I never understood anything like that until now. And I think right. when you're, when you are so close to death and it becomes more real, because both of us were young when right. we mm-hmm. had our, um, you know, kind of life changing situations and it makes it all more real. For sure. Yeah. So it definitely teaches us how important it is to <laughs> grow that faith and to have that hope in God and really that's what that's what gets you through and that's the bottom line of I think my story and your story and anybody mm-hmm. who's gone through something so tragic it's that hope yeah. that's gonna get you through because if you that's focus right. on the the earthly situation and all the hardships you I would never get out of bed that's if right. I just focused on For those sure. <laughs> but it's just knowing that God is gonna walk me through those and there's something so much better that's waiting right. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you this, you you definitely have touched my life, and I'm sure everybody in this room, especially oh, yeah. even Lily. You even know, Lily. And she hasn't only, she, this is the first day she's met you, but I'm sure she's <laughs> just sitting here looking at you like, man, you're pretty in- inspiring. Well, but aw, you well, certainly are. Thank you. And like I said at the beginning, I'm so blessed with the community. Um, yeah. You know, all of my friends that I've made mm-hmm. after this, because I know that being able to see past my blindness for a lot of people is hard, but mm-hmm. especially having the community of you and Krista and Taylor, who I can always call up and say, look, 
this happened to me today and I know you've been through it. Yeah. I know you've sat on somebody before or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Ate somebody's that, donut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just having that community right. is so important. And sure. I hope all of our listeners, you know, have, have found some inspiration and mm-hmm. some hope from your story. And I want to let them know how they can keep up with your yes. story. If there's any way they can keep up with you or contact you if they need a speaker. Yeah. Yeah. You can um, follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Cameron underscore Stovall. That's S T O V A L L and Cameron's with a C C A M E R O N. Or you can find my website at Cameron Stovall.org. Perfect. Well, we want to thank Cam again for letting us invade his house and being (laughs) such a wonderful guest here on Mm -hmm. finding light and as always, remember to follow me on Facebook at Sarah Claudia Tillman, mm-hmm. on Instagram at Sarah Claudia. I love that we y'all both use your names for everything. It oh, makes yeah. it so simple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Instead of some hashtag this, hashtag yeah, that, yeah. at so and so, that's not fancy. my name thing. Just yeah. your name. Yeah, right. Yes, but also please keep up with all of our upcoming podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell because I just learned there's one of those on podcast streaming platforms so who knew (laughs) and don't forget to leave us a five-star review if you like hearing stories like this because we love hearing from y'all and continue to find light regardless of your circumstances (laughs) we'll see y'all next time next time on finding light that's what really motivated me was seeing everyone else that i was in therapy with who had it 10 times worse that's what made me It made it click in my head, like, okay, this isn't so bad. Like, I can be independent. And then just seeing, I mean, Shepard also does brain injury. So seeing the brain injury patients and everything, it just made me realize, like, wow, this could have been 10 times worse than what it was. And, you know, here it is. They're having to learn things completely different from me, and they will never be independent again. And my therapist was sitting there saying, you know, see, like, you can be as independent as you want to. I can teach you how to be as independent as you want to with your arms and hands. She's like, you're going to get there. She's like, them, they're never going to get there. It's very low chance. She's like, you are so blessed. Like, you can do this. So that's what really motivated me was seeing other people and just remembering. I still think, even on my tough days now, because not every day is easy or good and I still think there's someone else out there that has it 10 times worse than I do and they would kill to have my bad days so that's what makes me just find the joy that's coming up next time on Finding Light